Howdy do who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 222. One day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I... I'm the Doctor! For now, for this moment, I am the Doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour, and the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour, and I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire. Yeah. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years. And not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes. And it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Hey, up, Boo fans. <laughs> Maybe you've all had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something Doctor Who related. Related. Sorry, I was distracted then by that. I thought Chris Reckleston had walked into the room. Hey, up, hey, up Rules, look out. <laughs> Dalek coming. <laughs> Every planet's got a north. Yes. Oh, Chris. Oh, Chris. We miss you. Mm. Could do with a little Chris right now. Did I see that he's just set up on? He's just appeared on Instagram. Christopher Eccleston. Oh, uh, could have done. Yeah, I think I saw. <laughs> I think I saw on Twitter that he's just appeared on Instagram, which is a bit weird. Yeah, but yeah, mm. don't know why. Why has he suddenly decided to do that? Um, Maybe he took a picture and thought, oh, that's a good one. What can I, how can I share this? Which social media shall I choose? Good old Instagram. Yeah. Well, there is a, there is quite a few, there are quite a few fake Eccleston Instagram accounts. Yeah. So you have to be weary. Oh oh, no, there is, oh there, he's got a verified badge. Yes, he is on there. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I think he literally has just decided to, to join it. Yeah. Yes. Um, God, whatever next tenant doing a podcast chris on on insta i know right it's crazy yeah we'll crazy. have matt on uh what can matt join um, uh, myspace <laughs> <laughs> oh the day oh what a blast from the past <laughs> myspace the old myspace pages oh yeah. i used to love myspace <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've still a... got an account somewhere. I can't get into it. <laughs> it's, it's like one of those I set up years ago. And I used to love it. I used to post loads of pictures, and then you know, I don't know what happened, but everyone just stopped using it, didn't they? Everyone went over to Facebook, and uh, now That's I just right. can't get yeah. into it. I'm locked out. <laughs> it's locked like out, a time man. capsule that just floats 
through space of some photos from 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's nothing Doctor Who related on Chris's Instagram. Oh. Nothing at all. No. Um, yeah, How many pictures I, has he uploaded? Uh, he's uploaded 36. Has he? So far, yeah. yeah. I mean. It's all going swimmingly. Mm. He's got uh, just shy of 2,000 followers. Oh, nearly as many as me. <laughs> Joke. Cheeky. I think I've got about 30. <laughs> no, actually, I do love Insta. Yeah, you, you, use, you use Insta, don't you? I do yeah. love a bit of Instagram. Yeah, of course, yeah. 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 <laughs> Who doesn't use Insta? Exactly, more, yes. Is the more relevant question. But yeah, Chris is on there, so you have to look for the little verified, little blue Tick. check circle thing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Welcome, new listeners. Waving to anyone has just jumped on board and have checked out the show and you're listening now and you've subscribed. Thank you very, very, very much. Grizzled Ancients, our old-time listeners, welcome back. Good to have you on board, as always. Mm. If you don't subscribe to our show, then head over to any of the podcast networks, iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, all that stuff, we're all on there. Give us a sub so it plonks nicely into your list on a Friday morning. Mm. Yes. Um... Coming up in today's show, we have no news at all. Very barren. It's, mm. it's sort of uh, ups and downs at the minute. Last week, we had loads of news. It was very good. Yeah. Um, and this week, we have nothing. But we do have some some decent merch, though. Yeah, we've got some else. good merch bits, yeah. And I mean, I know they're filming Series 12 at the minute, but we haven't seen or heard anything. Chris is keeping it all, you know, all the batons tightened, and yep, it's all yep. uh, very top secret again, isn't it? Which is is fine, but yes, yeah, I've not seen anything. I saw a picture of them at the airport, <laughs> going off to wherever it was they were flying off to film. But I think that's the only thing I've seen so yes, far. Yes, yeah, same for me. Mm. I've not seen any. Um, well, it's very, very locked. It was quite locked down previously, wasn't it? Before Chibbers, yeah. but now it's very much a yes, a uh, like Fort Knox Area Fifty One mm. style. Mm. You're not getting anywhere near it. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, they are filming, aren't they? They're, they're, they they started that last month, I believe, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they definitely, yeah, so. they've definitely started, yeah, yeah, yeah. There might have been a few pictures of, like, I think I've seen a few sort of pictures of them outside their trailer vans, you know, messing around, that mm. sort of thing. No filming pictures. I think there's been a few just of the, you know, the gang filming. Yes, um, yeah. Just messing around. So yeah, but I haven't seen any filming pics, I mean, yeah. Yeah, so if they're filming now, I mean, it's all, it's only March, and newer Doctor Who is not going to be out this year, is it? It's twenty twenty. Oh, Doctor Who is landing. So if it's if it's only March and they're already into filming, I'm going to say that there are no excuses for poor visual effects come twenty twenty because they would have had so long. Oh yeah, it's to, all that to yeah. do all of that cool post production stuff. So it, <laughs> the editing should be absolutely bang on and crisp and fluid. The visual effects should be awesome and stuff because they've had so long in post production. I'm, I'm I'm expecting it to be another level. Mm. Up, up from what we had from series 11 so yeah and they were pretty good in series 11 to be fair wouldn't they mm -hmm. they were they were they were definitely a step up from from series 10 and certainly from was it series 9 where we just kept saying oh dear they really slashed yes, the budget right. yeah, yep. yeah 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 that's right because actually series 10 wasn't too bad but yeah series 9 had a few dodgy icicle planets and things didn't it so but yeah series 11 actually looked pr pretty decent didn't it it did mm. yeah yeah so, yeah, see what they can come up with. I hear that Jody's got a new coat as well, which uh, I can imagine Chibber's 
waiting in the wings, ready to cover her up after every time they shout cut. <laughs> He's just there, ready to cover her. No, don't let anyone get a photo of it. So yeah, here she's got a darker coat, which reminds me of the McCoy thing, if it's true. You remember how they changed McCoy's jacket to make him a darker doctor? Oh, that's right, yeah. Which I always thought was quite strange. So you give him a, you give him a dark jacket because he's, his character's getting darker. It's a strange you know, way of thinking. But I hear that's what they've done with Jodie. Well, I don't know that her doctor's getting darker. It'd be nice if she did. I think it'd be interesting to see her, them trying to do something with her doctor. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, that's what I hear, that they've given her a darker jacket so it made, just made me think of the McCoy era I thought oh, I wonder if they're going to try and do that but probably not probably just giving a new, a new jacket just a new jacket for the sake yeah. of it yeah yeah for the sake of it yeah yeah I like that I, I like the um the idea though that McCoy's doctor is almost like a visual cue like as he starts to get a bit darker in his personality mm. his attire is also darker as well it's like um yeah I don't know what the word is like cognitive um so as the viewer sort of has it, you know, in in their mind, like, oh, the Doctor looks darker, so they associate that with his darker personality. I like it. Mm, yeah, no, I do as well. Although I actually, I've always preferred the lighter jacket, but but yeah, I like the I like the darker Doctor. <laughs> if you see what I mean. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, I like that idea. Who knows? Hmm, who knows? Hey, I was thinking, talking of who knows, I was listening to the intro. I was thinking because it's getting longer and longer. Our intro, obviously, <clears throat> every time we get a new Doctor. Um, and there's that bit where Matt's doctors talk about being the curator. And I was thinking, oh, we should we should put the curator quote in there as well. We're like, who knows? <laughs> yeah. just, just, then we, the show can just be like 90% intro. We intro. can just say, hello, <laughs> fans. Yeah, we didn't like this week's episode. Goodbye. <laughs> and then we can cut. And we just... <laughs> <laughs> well, there is the danger, isn't there, that... Uh, well, we could have cushion in there, could we? I mean, you, where do you say we could have cushions doctor in there? We could have the cur- Tom Baker's curator in there. Um, we could have the Shelker doctor in there. Very true. Uh, yeah. yeah, we could have. Who else? There must be loads. Where? Yeah, let's get them all in. Let's just have a half an hour musical intro. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure there's. The, yeah, I mean, there's the variation on Hartnell from the five doctors. Oh there's, yeah, um, yeah, Hundrel, yeah, Hundrel, yeah. yeah. There's uh, probably a, a bunch of sound bites from various Doctor Who plays that have been on over the years. Yeah. Could probably drag those in as well. Yeah, just have like a twenty-five minute intro. Is it? Yeah. We could have. What's the doctor? Is it the chase? Oh, I'm trying to think now. Is it the chase where they've got sort of a double of the doctor as well oh, that looks yeah. nothing like yeah. Hartnell? Is it the chase or is it um, Space Museum? Can't remember it's now. One of those. Yeah. The, yeah. The the double of Hartnell that looks nothing like him. Because um, I think that's the one where they have the fight and it's hilarious. Yeah. A couple of yeah. people did ask actually over the years, or have asked, sorry, over the years about why we haven't got Cushing's Doctor in there. Cushing Doctor. Mm. Mm. See, I, I I really like the Cushing films. Um, it's a real difficult. Do you <laughs> consider him canon or not? Thing, isn't it? Um, I probably wouldn't put him in there, but I love him. No, I do not, love him. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah. put him on in there for that very reason. I don't think. Yeah. It, it's definitely not considered. It doesn't canon, quite fit because no. they're remakes. You see, that's the thing. If they yeah. were sort of standalone stories, but they're sort of remakes of Hartnell episodes, so they're sort of. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't really. Although there is some. I think there is a comic from way back when that they made managed to do a story that made them canon. Um, so it's like an alternative universe doctor or something. I can't right, remember, right. but so there, I think someone found a way to make it canon, but yeah, mm. well, I don't think we could put him in. No, I'm afraid. Sorry, Peter. It's, um, no, sorry. You have to, have to wait by the stage door. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. Um, we should talk about LFCC. LFCC spring. 
Spring, yeah, because we were there at the weekend. We sprung into action. Well, actually, we were there on the Saturday. We we just did the one day yes. <clears throat> this time, didn't yeah, we? So, yeah. yeah, we scaled it back to the one day, which actually, for me, worked really, really well. Um, I think I was a little bit hesitant about it because I found last year's July event really hard going. Um, it was just, it was so <laughs> yeah. packed when it? it was yeah. boiling hot, just rammed to the rafters. Um, to be fair, they had a great guest list. They had all the doctors last year, pretty much. Um, but it was just a case of the whole weekend, just running around trying to get photos and all. It was not a fun event, but this one that we've just done, I really enjoyed. Uh, what did you think? It was, it was a much more scaled back version. So instead of having both sides of the Olympia, they just had one side, which is weird because it's almost like a mirror, isn't it? They have sort of these two, uh, what would you call it? Two big rooms, yeah, <laughs> two giant big holes, levels, really. yeah. giant holes that look identical. Because mm-hmm. uh, I always get lost thinking I, I don't know which side I'm in because they are literally like a mirror. Yeah. But they just, so one of them was shut this time and it was just one side open. So it's much more scaled down. And the thing I liked about it was we were there on the Saturday, which sold out. Mm-hmm. So I was expecting it to be another sort of cram fest. I thought, oh, no, it's going to be <laughs> packed. and But it wasn't. Um, it was really, really, I mean, it was busy. But it was really comfortable, wasn't it? We, we, we were walking around. It didn't feel sort of too claustrophobic. I only had a couple of photo shoots. So yeah. there was none of that sort of pressure of oh right got to go can't stop got to do that it was it was a i really enjoyed it actually we we even found time to go for a sneaky pint uh and you know we went out and went back in again didn't we so because yeah. we'd sort of done all the stalls and that's the other thing normally i think last year um i was there both days and i, I remember saying to you on the sundays we were leaving well i haven't i haven't got to look around any of the merchandise stalls i've, I've just literally spent the whole weekend rushing around trying to get all the stuff I've paid for, mm-hmm. like all the photo shoots and stuff. This this time, we got to look at all the stores. In fact, we did them about three times, didn't we? We were just wandering around and around. We were like, well, we've kind of done it all. Let's let's sneak out for a pint because I had a photo shoot with John Sim at like five o'clock. So we had like four hours, didn't we? That's right. And we were all yeah. done. We were like, let's go and have a sneaky pint. So I really enjoyed it. It was a really, really much better event than um, th- than – the July one last year, which I just found too busy. But how did you find it? What did you think? Yeah, I, I like this one because it felt it felt like it was a good atmosphere. There was quite mm. a few people there because they sold out on the Saturday it did, that didn't we were it? there. Yeah, yeah. So it was good. It was busy. It felt busy, but it didn't feel like you were being boxed in or trampled on by anybody. It was uh, no. Yeah, it was nice. Um, and it was yeah, it was handy having just one hall open because I got really confused. Because I didn't realise that they only had one hall open when I first walked in. Mm. So as I'm walking around, I thought, "Oh, where where am I? Am I still in the same hall? No, I've, yes, I am. Yeah." So I, it was weird to get my bearings because, like you said, there it's like the carbon copy of the other one. When yeah, they had both of them open, so that was cool. And uh, I feel like that was a comfortable limit for the amount of people that were there. I thought it was spot on. Yeah, me personally, I feel like. The last couple of years, especially last year, it was over, completely over capacity, especially yep. on the Saturday. Me too. And I would say, and I don't want to land showmasters in hot water or anything, but I would say that if there was a fire or an emergency or something, if, if something happened last year, I don't feel that I would have got out of there comfortably quick enough. Oh, it would have been actually, you know, I dread to think actually last year because you couldn't even get to the 
sort of photo studios, you're just constantly pushing through queues of people queuing to meet the get autos, and uh-huh. yep. <clears throat> you literally couldn't move, could you? It was no. really uncomfortable last year. Yeah, it's pretty um, stressful. Yeah, but yeah, I, I yeah, I, I dread to think actually. Uh, yeah, um, it's, it's not nice to think about because uh, mm. I mean, it, a lot of people were saying it as well when we were bumping into people and chatting to people. The, the the theme that came up in the conversation was, isn't it hot? Isn't it too busy? Isn't it just ridiculous? Mm. You know, and there were people that were, that had to get to another photo shoot, but because that one they, they were in overran, they had to leg it to the other end oh. of the venue. And even then they were cutting it really close. So yeah. for me personally, I think showmasters need to either really need to look at another venue somewhere, or they just need to just, Say, look, we've made enough money now. <laughs> let's mm. let's not overcapacitate the the venue because heaven forbid, you know, Touchwood, if something did was, you know, nothing's happened, which is good. But if something was to happen, I don't feel like because there's only like one or two stairwells on the top level. Yeah, and that's, that's right, where yeah. all the big oh, photo yeah. shoots were at the end of that day. Tenant was up there, Eccleston mm-hmm. was up there, some other people, and the amount of people that were there cramming down that stairwell would have been a disaster. So. Um, I'm, I was really happy that it wasn't, it didn't feel like that. It felt like you could walk comfortably around for the most part. There were little pockets of busyness mm. around the photo shoot area. But other than that, it was really cool. And I had a really chill day as well. I didn't book any photo yeah. shoots, didn't have any autographs. I was just happy just to be there and chat to people and pick up a few bits of merch. It was nice. You're right. It was a great atmosphere as well. Like there was some absolutely awesome cosplay wasn't there i mean there always is but i think because it was less busy we actually could appreciate you know we could actually see see them rather than it just being a mass group of people mm-hmm. we actually got to see some amazing cosplay loads of star wars i mean you must have been in your element there were awesome. the chewbacca yeah. the amount of chewbacca's we saw <laughs> was incredible and they were really good as well weren't they? i don't know how they make those suits they just look brilliant awesome. um yeah. lots of stormtroopers and darth vaders and goodness knows what um so yeah it was a really really good atmosphere um like you said just so much more it it, it made me I'm glad it was like that because I think I said famously last July, right? I'm, I'm just never doing this again. This is just <laughs> not fun. I was I was lost my nut last year, didn't I? It was it horrible. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it a lot on Saturday, and I'm glad because it's you know it makes me want to do more of them, and I do enjoy them when they're like that. Um, so yeah, you didn't you didn't meet you didn't meet anybody. You attempted with um, Peter Mayhew, weren't you, with Chewbacca? But Price was just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And he was he wasn't dedicating as well, which you. That that was the decider for you, wasn't it? As soon as you saw that, he, he wasn't dedicating his autographs. You were like, oh, I'm not paying like 65 quid for a yeah, scribble. I think it was 50 Was he 60 for 50, 50, 50 sorry, yeah. Yeah, but he wasn't, yeah, like it was just a very generic, you know, with love, Peter. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, and that's great, you know, it's it's good. But yeah, I only get autographs if it's, you know, to Gary, you know. Yeah, I know, amazing. yeah, if it's, if it's yeah. dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you there met was, a couple was, of people, so didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah, I met. Um, so I got I got a picture with John Sim. He was the main reason for me going. Really, was was John Sim. Well, not the main reason for going, but he was the sort of one I really wanted to meet out of all the guests they they announced. Because um, I think he hasn't done that many. I don't believe. I don't think he's done that many cons in the UK, as Hardly far as any. I'm aware. No. Um, he does have a bit of a reputation as well. I know in the past he's talked about how he, you know, found it annoying after. Um, playing the master how he was sort of hassled everywhere he went i know he said you know i was like in the supermarket and i can't even buy my groceries without someone coming up to me and it does my head mm-hmm. in and so i know he's got a bit of a grumpy reputation um 
But he seems to, and I think that's going back a couple of years. I'm talking about, you know, when Sound of the Drums went out that sort of time. So yeah. I think over the years, that's sort of probably, you know, edged off a little. And uh, he seems to have sort of mellowed a bit. And, and he was really, really nice. He, I mean, I know he's being paid to be there. So obviously <clears throat> you'd expect him to be nice. But he did seem to be having a good time. He was really, really um friendly and smiley to the people he was meeting and you know everyone that i spoke to that managed because i didn't get an autograph because the queue was just ridiculous and that is the other thing about lfcc i've kind of given up even trying to get many autographs now because unless you buy a 150 diamond pack you know 150 pound diamond pass you haven't really got any chance to get in the big celebrity autographs now unfortunately it's not like sort of four or five years ago where you can just walk to the table so i didn't get john's autograph but people who did said it was really really nice and oh, chatty cool. and yeah. stuff so but i did get a photo shoot with him and i got a photo shoot with bernard cribbins which i was very pleased about because i do i love wilf he's one of my favorite characters i absolutely love wilf uh, he was just going balmy in the photo studio he seemed to be having an absolute ball um but i think he was also being a bit of a headache for the poor old photographer because he just wouldn't sit still or you know every time someone came up he was doing something different like he was moving his arms around and uh, pretending to pick his nose and i was thinking oh god don't do that in my shoe i would i would have hated that i think about three people before me he pretended to put his finger up his nose and I was thinking I would hate that. Um, I was thinking, God, what's he going to do in mind? So it's getting closer and closer. And the, you know, one person he was sticking two fingers up at the camera, and then the next one he was pulling a silly face, and the other one after that he was doing jazz hands. And I was thinking, Oh God, what's he going to do? Because you know, I thought, Oh, please don't do something bad. Um, but he just, uh, I sort of thought, if I point at him and do the classic, look who I'm with, he'll do it back, and that's exactly what he did. So I did Perfect. the classic, yep. you know, point to him. He pointed to me and, oh, thank goodness it was a, a good photo because he was trying to be fun. I mean, he, and he was fun. He was just trying to be, you know, let's have some fun with this. But sometimes, you know, myself, you just want a nice smiley pic. You don't really want that sort of, I don't know. Some people will love it. Some people won't, if you know what I mean. And I think some people were just a bit like, oh, I didn't really want the picture with him. <laughs> pretended to put his finger up his nose. You know what I mean? It was a bit... Yeah. Anyway, he was having fun and it was it was great, you know, to see that. Um, also, Vinette, uh, met Vinette... <laughs> Vet Vinette Minette. I met Vinette Robinson, who played Rosa uh, in Rosa. Uh, she was really, really nice, actually. I got... And I did manage to get an autograph from her, which was cool. And uh, the only other person I got on Saturday was McCoy, who... Um, he was wearing this... Is it purple or blue? Because I'm a bit colorblind. Anyway, he's wearing a... Yeah. Was it blue? <laughs> oh, of course. TARDIS blue. He was... Um, yeah, he was He was wearing this really fetching sort of bowlerish type hat. <laughs> he just looked like a dude. And um, <laughs> and I have got his autograph a few times before. So I was like, I'm not going to get him this year. But then he had the time of the Rani photo that I, I didn't get last time. And I was like, oh, that's it. He's wearing a cool hat. He's got the time of the Rani picture. I'm, I'm going to get him again. And he was doing selfies at the table, which seems to be, it seems that a lot of them don't do now. And I thought, yeah, yeah. So I got a cool picture of the table with him. And I was, I was pleased I got him again, actually. He was in a great mood. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, all, yeah, I got some, got a couple of autos, got some great photo shoots. I was, I was really chuffed, actually. Had a really, really good day. I wish it could always be like that. I've got a always, feeling yeah. we're going to do the July one, aren't we? And um, they've got a couple of big guests for that. And I'm um, just hoping it's you know more like this one but we'll see i'm not i'm not filled with too much hope but you never know yeah you never know yeah. It could yeah. Be, yeah in terms of guests and so on i'm not really uh too crazy right now on crazy right maybe. now <laughs> yeah um so 
I know that there's some whisperings of some announcements coming this week on yes. newer guests and stuff. And they normally announce people right up until the last week almost, it seems. So you never know. At the moment, I'm probably going to do what I did with this one with you guys where I just go on the Saturday, maybe skip the Sunday. Depends who's going to be there. But yeah, it's always a crazy, crazy ride. So- it's, it's a bit of a double-edged sword for me because I'm thinking, in a way, I kind of hope they don't announce anyone... <laughs> too many that i want because that was the nice thing about saturday was there was literally three photo shoots and that was it yeah so i'm sort of thinking there is i think at the minute about three people i want to meet from the july one um one of them being jenna coleman actually i know we've i had a bad experience with her but i'd like to get a proper photo with her um and william shatner i'd like to meet so i'm thinking in a way for me it would be good if they don't add anyone too many more people i want to meet because then again hopefully it'll be more of a chilled event Yes, but true. we'll see. I've got yeah. a feeling they might. I mean, they've last year they just had everybody, didn't they? And I'm thinking, <laughs> are they going to try and outdo themselves again this year by adding loads more? We don't know. We've still got months, haven't we? So anything yeah. could happen with with uh, showmasters, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you really want the quietest day, then it's worth booking a day off on the mm. Friday and going on the Friday, depending on what guests they are. That's the yeah. quietest, obviously, for obvious reasons, of the three days, but. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But um, we have talked about checking out um, one of the uh, MV. Is it MVC? MCM. MCM. Sorry, one of the MCM events, haven't we? So yeah, because I've radio. never done one. Yeah. Uh, when is the next one? I think they normally do one around the similar time to uh, Showmasters in July. Mm. Uh, is it May? May, and then one later on in the year. I think. Yeah. So the end of May. Uh, is the MCM at the XL in London? So we'll see what um, we'll see what guests have been announced for that one. I know they do get some who people from time to time. Mm. Uh, so we shall see. Yeah, I'll keep an eye on that. I've never done an MCM, and I do the XL is quite a good venue. Mm. Oh, it's mm. much better than the Olympia. Because mm. uh, yeah. the Olympia, as we say, gets so hot. But um, we did say, didn't we, that well, this is going back a couple of months now, that there's been a big announcement about investment into the Olympia venue. They've got oh, right. like a billion pound refurbishment or something. So hopefully mm. on that list somewhere, there's the words air conditioning. Oh, up- that would be upgrade. nice. So if they can upgrade the aircon, that would at least be a step forwards. But <laughs> Oh, it would. I'll tell you, someone I got there and I saw uh, a friend of mine, Tracy, who I see at a couple of the events that I go to. And she said, oh, can we get a pic? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I, she posted it. And I look as red as a beetroot. <laughs> I am absolutely frazzled. I'm just so hot in that picture. And I'm just like, oh, my God. But it was. It was baking. Um, when I first got there, it was just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So some aircon would be nice, yeah. Yes, but we had a good time, though, at this one. We did have it a, was good. a yeah. good time, yeah. Uh, I don't know about you. I haven't been up to anything else. I don't know if you've done anything no, not related. at all. No, no, not since that. Yes. On that note, then, shall we bring in old Grumpy Pants? Yes. Let's see if he's got some good merch for us. Merch corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Robert Harrop. Those very cool people over at uh, Robert Harrop that make the awesome-looking uh, little statues. Mm. Um, they do, I was going to say for Doctor Who, but they do other stuff, don't they? They do, yeah, yeah. Not just Doctor Who, but anyways. They, um, they do a lot of Jerry Anderson stuff, don't they? That's right, yeah. 
Mm. Um, but anyway, for Doctor Who fans, they, you've heard us speak on the show many, many times about uh, Robert Harrop, and they posted a couple of updates recently. Um, they put one out a little while ago, which I think we mentioned, which is um, like the pre-painted sculpt of Morbius, mm. which looks really good. So they've just confirmed a couple of details for that. So that's almost about to go into production, apparently. Yeah. Which looks really good. Um, I was wondering about the... It wasn't until I read the update that I wondered because the original photo only had one of the sort of little eye stalks for Morbius. Mm. Um, <laughs> they didn't have any ears or anything like that. So they can, they just clarified and said, look, the we only make one of the eye stalks because it's identical to the other one. So we make one, but then we you know, mass produce two of them. And we, we use that on a statue and the same with the ears. Um, but the biggest thing or the coolest thing is that the the helmet part of it will be transparent. So you will be able to look through and see the little brain and, mm. and on its little spinal cord and all that stuff. So that, <laughs> that figure's looking really, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sold on that one, mate. You've got to get one of those, mate. Absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's one of my fave Baker stories as well. It's such a, yeah, good, it's a good one. Good story. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and the other thing, the more recent one um, is Omega. Uh, the figure from um, the, insert number of doctors story here <laughs> what was it the three, three doctors three doctors yeah. yeah um so yeah omega looks really good as well i don't know it about does. you mate. so yeah we haven't seen any final production uh photos as, as as with morbius it's just the um this the the plain sculpt without any painters yet but the pose is really really good the, mm. the mouth the facial expression looks bang on the, the 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 effect they've done for the fabric of his cloak and yeah, what he's wearing just looks so good. Um, so I might have to part some cash with some cash to get that one too because it looks so good. Um, I, I think they both look brilliant. I think these two figures are are absolutely must-haves uh, if you love the Harrop stuff like we do. Um, they both look great, don't they? I mean, these are just the initial sculpts as well. I mean, these are, aren't, haven't even been painted uh, yet, but they both look brilliant. I think Morbius was scheduled to come out first, but they've had this problem trying to get the glass dome right haven't they how are they going to yeah, do it and yeah. stuff because they don't normally use anything like that um on the figurine so i think morbius is, uh sorry um omega has jumped forward to be yes. the next release but they they both look brilliant don't they they do yes and even though that we haven't got the final painted uh sculpt um mm. uh, omega has got the thumbs up from the bbc so that one's probably going to be out in yeah. the next month i would say month or two um and yeah i'm not sure on um on Morbius. I hope they get it out pretty soon. Um, cause the, the figure is done, you know, the whole thing's done and stuff. Like you said, it's just figuring out the correct, I, I imagine the correct material for mm. the, for the glass or the plastic dome, because I don't know, standard acrylic. I'm not sure if that'd be strong enough. Um, well, might be glass. I, I really don't know what it, what it would be, but mm. I, I imagine it just needs to be something strong enough really. Cause you don't want to just tap it accidentally on something and it shatters. So, no, and that's yes. the thing, they are delicate. I mean, I, I love these figurines, and I blimmin' dropped my Tetrap one while filming a review, and it smashed, uh, his little gun smashed off and his ears, and I, oh. I was mortified, because they, they only make a certain number of these, and um, as soon as they sell out, they, they go for really silly money on eBay. Well, not silly money, but they're about £150, when it, normally they should be 60 and, Right. And, um, yeah, so you do have to be a bit careful with them. Um, but they are beautiful, and... Uh, also, they're working on um, some some 
upcoming releases um, based on Tomb of the Cybermen. So they're working on a Tomb Cyberman, uh, the Cyber Controller, which I think will be brilliant. I love the Cyber Controller. And um, in, and Cybermats as well. So, they, they, you know, I just love the sound of, you know, what they're working on, everything they're working on at the minute. Um, yeah. It just sounds like uh, my wallet's going to be crying because I just want it all. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Quite yep. frankly, there, you know, there's nothing I've looked at and thought, yeah, maybe, or mm, not sure about that one. Uh, everything I, that they're working on at the minute, I'm just like, yeah, must get, must get. You know, but they're, they're, I think they're worth it. I, I love their stuff. These two look good. Adam, you'll, you'll get Morbius. <laughs> Is a- that a- Adam, you'll get Morbius now. <laughs> oh, you do? Oh, yeah. What's he called? Condo. Uh, Condo. 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 Condo one time. Yeah, you get glass don't finish. You sell to people. <laughs> no, it simply won't do. <laughs> he met a sticky end, didn't he? Poor old oh, condo. condo. Oh, great story. I feel like watching that now, actually. Yeah, it's a great yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, it's a good one. Uh, right, two lovely pieces uh, coming out on vinyl for Record Store Day, which is uh, the 13th of April this year. Uh, Record Store Day basically um, is is really everything is uh, tailored towards independent record stores. That's what it's all about. It's all about supporting your independent record stores um, and they get these exclusive vinyls, uh, you know, so for example, as much as I love H&V, they're a, they're a retail store, so they don't get them. It's just your little independent shops, um, which does mean they're, they're limited. They can be hard to find. Um, very often you'll find people queuing uh, early in the morning to make sure they get in to get these things because they can be very, very sought after. Um, and there's two Doctor Who ones coming this year. Both of them, I think, look great. I think the the artwork and the covers on these are, are really, really nice. It's a, it's a it's a certain style. It's very much like the Dalek one that Amazon got uh, recently. Um, so it's that. I don't know if it's the same artist, but really nice covers. So we've got Destiny of the Daleks and Galaxy Four. Both going out. They're both limited to two thousand five hundred copies, and um, and I, I, I've got to, you know, be honest. I would love to get my hands on these just for the artwork alone. A few people have said they're unusual story choices, especially Galaxy Four. People are like, "Oh, why do you want that on vinyl?" But <laughs> I, I don't think it's uh, that doesn't even. I don't even think along those lines. I just think they look great. It's Doctor Who on vinyl, and I'd love to get these. To be honest with you. Yeah, I know what you mean about the artwork. They definitely have a certain style. They're nice, they? yeah. They're very, very nice. Um, yeah, and it's it, they're kind of unique as well because they don't feature uh, the Doctor on the front or the TARDIS or anything. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of a, yeah, just a different vibe, really. It doesn't have the usual, let's put a picture of space with the stars in the background and hmm. the TARDIS whizzing through space and a big you know, portrait of the doctor, you know, I, I like them because they don't feature the doctor, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, two, uh, 2,500 copies each. Is that enough to spread across the UK's worth of stores, number of stores? Um, as I'm, long as people don't go around buying them all up and shoving them on eBay, which they tend to normally do, you you should be fine. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, as long as you don't have a B&M situation where somebody oh, goes in. Some, wide yeah, yeah. I do know that some, not all of them, but some record stores do say, for the limited batches, which most of them are, that it's like one or two per customer. But yeah. Not all of them do that, though. So, yeah. Yeah, I know that you, will you go hunting for these. I, I'm pretty sure um, you will. I, I, I would definitely think is there's no... Uh, yeah, I will. I mean, I don't know if I'll have any luck getting it because there isn't really an independent store near me. I've got H&V 
fairly close um but they they don't get them obviously because they're not independent so yeah i will have a look i'm not holding out much hope to be honest if i manage to um get them then great but i I know last year the tomb of the sidemen and city of death did end up on amazon which i thought was bizarre because i didn't i thought the whole point of these were they were exclusive to record stores but apparently if they have any surplus stock at the end of it apparently they do end up on amazon and that's how i managed to get the last two because i just couldn't find them anywhere else um just to give you a little bit of uh, information though uh the galaxy 4 one um it's obviously the tv audio and it's got linking narration from peter purves peter purvis peter purvis. <laughs> yeah peter purvis sorry <laughs> and uh the the other one destiny of the daleks has got linking narration by lala ward lovely lala ward oh, nice. so yeah, so it's good. Uh, as I said, if I can get my hands on them, if I can get my grubby little hands on them, I certainly will. Yes, they do look nice. Yeah. More decorations for the shelf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's it. So vinyls, yeah. Hope, let us know if you guys pick these up because as Adam said, there was a lot of conversation around, oh, I don't like these. I don't know what they're doing. These. Oh, it seems, you know, it seems everything in the minute. doesn't matter what it is. I know. As soon as yeah. it gets posted, oh, I don't want this. That's rubbish. Why have you done oh, yeah. yeah. So if you are one of these people that are up for it and uh, you do manage to bag one, uh, let us know and send us a pic because uh, they do look good. They do. Uh, moving on, the Macro Terror. Uh, for ages now, all we've had is a very yeah. um, temporary uh, cover, uh, sort of TBC in place for what these uh, Blu-rays and DVDs, etc., might look like. And we now have uh, a confirmed uh, couple of picks for these. Um, there's a couple of variations as well. The, div- the standard DVD and the standard Blu-ray, they all look the same. Sorry, they both look the same. And it's uh, uh, because this is an animated version of the story, because obviously the live action uh, tapes and films have been lost uh, the cover reflects that so it's got a, the animated version of uh, Patrick Troughton on the front uh, standing in front of what looks like a uh, like these glowing eyes on in, in the in the background you see the big monster in the background the uh, mm-hmm. the macra um, with uh, sort of glowing electrified stuff it looks quite a dramatic like a dramatic cover it looks very very cool Mm. Um, and then the the other version is the limited edition Steelbook Blu-ray, uh, which does away with the animated version of Troughton on the front. It's just got the TARDIS in a cave um, by the look of it, and it's got the Macro Beast at the back of the entrance of the cave, and you see his big crab-like claws and stuff as shadows and things like that. It looks really, really nice, the, um, mm. the Steelbook. And then when you open the Steelbook up, the inside... Uh, front and back make this sort of landscape um, image of uh, the space station up on the cliff, which is in the animated style from the story. Um, So that looks really good. And we've also got some nods to what extras are going to be on this as well. So just a very quick run through the audio commentary by um, some of the uh, production and stars. So um, Fraser Hines, uh, Terence Lodge, who played Medoc, uh, Anthony Garner, uh, Marine Lane, uh, plus the director, John Davis, are going to be common commenting on the story and that's going to be hosted by toby haydock which is going to be a good laugh i would assume yeah like toby uh there's going to be episode reconstructions so some of the surviving frames um from the original footage and photographs uh, are going to be sort of mushed together um with some of the um unedited audio just to show you a reconstruction of some of the um live action stuff that they've managed to somehow hold on to uh, there's a bonus mini episode so that's going to be a little 10 minute short again animated uh, around um, 
uh, uh, the other uh, lost episode um, from 1968, starring Patrick Troughton and Fraser Hines. So that's going to be a little reconstruction there in animated form. There's going to be an animated test. So prior to this project going into proper production and being commissioned by the BBC, this is a short test to show you what the animation could look like and so on. There's the animatics, which is like storyboards for the animation. Mm. Uh, there's an animation gallery. There's a teaser trailer, um, which they, I assume is going to go out at some point to promote this. Um, and I think they already put it out. I think that's already gone out, but it's probably going to go out again. Uh, there's an alternative black and white version, if you don't want Good. to watch the full color version, which is always a nice little touch. Mm. Uh, there's the um, 1992 audio presentation. So the Beeb put out um, as part of their audio collection, the Macro Terror on audio cassette, no less. Yeah. Um, so you get like a special narrated story um, by Colin Baker in, in fact good old Cole uh, which is good uh, behind the scenes film so back in 1967 a load of pre-production stuff um, for uh, cameramen and visual effects and workshops all that stuff is in there crikey censored scene mm. so a reconstruction of the scene from episode 2 that was heavily re-edited for the um, for the Australian transmission uh, which sounds interesting. Title sequences. You get to see the debut of the new title sequence for Doctor Who. Um, the And that's been remastered, by the way, in HD. The photo gallery, 36 photographs taken from the production of the original um, uh, photography and the production paperwork, which is a full set of camera scripts, audio schedules, floor plans, materials, all of that stuff which you can look on your computer if your computer these days still has a DVD ROM drive <laughs> or a Blu-ray ROM drive. So bags of stuff, mate, uh, on disc two, by the sound of it. Yeah, they've really gone to town, haven't they? It's, it's good. That was a mouthful, yeah. So um, really, really cool, actually. But I, I know some people are sort of, yes, this is really cool. Some people are like, nah, I'm not too fussed about the mm. animated reconstructions. But whichever way you spin it, we're still getting newer Doctor Who releases based on these old lost episodes, whether it's, you know, the you know, the steel frames that they just put together with the audio in the background or a fully animated job. Either way, it's good. We, we get these stories in some shape or form, whether it's, you know, I know it's one day they might turn up somewhere, someone's shed, there'll be mm. a canister full of all these old films. But Imagine, for, now, yeah. for now, this is um, this is as good as it gets, in my opinion. And mm. Loads of extras as well. Looks really good. Lovely steelbook. I expect you'll be getting the steelbook, will you? I've, yeah, pre-ordered the steelbook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, that's the one I'm going for. The, the steelbook actually has um, some additional extras as well on top of all that stuff you just said. So you get gridlock um, with an audio commentary and uh, a Doctor Who confidential about gridlock on the on the steelbook as well. So you get a few little added extras. But nice. yeah, it looks yeah. really nice. Even the cover's grown to me. I, I remember when this was first sort of... Um, sort of banging around on Twitter, this cover was unveiled and I thought, oh, I don't know about it. But now I see it, I actually really quite like it. Like you said, it it suits the, the release and I love the look of the Steelbook. I think that's that's really, really nice. So yeah, I'll be going for the Steelbook. Yeah, it looks nice. And, uh, um, in terms of prices and stuff, um, I think the DVD is around £15. The Blu-ray is eight, 17 or £18 or something if you want the Steelbook. Um, the cheapest price at the moment is zoom.co.uk, which yeah. is uh, 28.99. I think on Amazon it's still 30 odd quid, but it is, yeah. Look this morning, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think at time of release it'll probably be around 28 pounds ish. Yeah, which is good. Hmm. 
Yeah. And finally, on the merch table, uh, we've got some new releases uh, from Who Talk, which are basically these audio sets that you can buy. So it's like um, it's, it's CDs that you can play along with the the episode, which basically gives you uh, an audio commentary. Um, and these started out being for episodes that didn't get one on the original DVD releases. Um, but they've been really popular, so they're, they're carrying on the, the series. So the next two coming out, the first one is called Mars Attacks. And uh, that's going to have commentaries on Ice Warrior stories from people like Adele Lynch and Richard Ashton, who who played the Ice Warrior and Ice, no, Empress, what was she, Empress? Um, uh, the Empress in Empress of Mars. Empress so they're going to be giving yeah. commentaries on, on those episodes. And uh, then the other release is called Resurrection, uh, which is Resurrection of the Daleks. And that's got a commentary on it by Rula Lenska. Jim Findlay, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Miller, Roger Davenport, and Eric's Eric Sayward awesome. is on yeah. there as well, and a few other people as well. Um, and these, these are really good. I, I bought a couple of the early ones when they came out because, as I said, it was interesting to get commentary. I think the Damons was one, for example, that yeah, didn't, have a, really didn't have a commentary on the DVD. Yeah, yeah. and, and they're, they're moderated by Toby Haydock, um, who, as we just said, is, is always really good because if the you know, if the cast go a bit quiet or get too involved in the story, he tends to sort of wake them up and and keep the conversation flowing. Yeah. Um. So these are two uh, very good releases, I think. As I said, I've got a couple of these to catch up on, really, because they seem to be really popular. They seem to be releasing them quite frequently now. So I've kind of lost track of where we are with them. But yeah, two two good releases, I think. So Ice Warrior Collection and Dalek Collection. Yes, and yeah. um, you, you get um. Uh, a special edition bundle as well. They do like a oh, okay. special edition bundle. So normally they're nine ninety nine, which I think is really reasonable. Yeah. And they do a special edition where you get a second CD, um, which is twelve ninety nine. Um, and the covers are signed by the cast and on the CD and stuff like that. There's That's a bit it. of extra bonus to it. So for a couple of extra quid, you can get a special edition one. But yeah, if you haven't checked these out, they're very very good. Um, I've list. I've got the Damon's one, which is really good. Uh, but apparently the Talons of Wang Chiang one is really good. So I need to oh, right. pick that one up. So yeah. yeah, if you head over to phantompublishing.co.uk, um, you'll see them on there. Uh, they're just called uh, Who Talk. Who Talk, yeah. Who Talk. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's going to do for merch. Nothing else to go through. It's time to get scared. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming to get I'm you. I'm coming to get you. <laughs> right. What have we got this week? Going to get you. Uh, this week is the 10th Doctor story, Fear Her. A storm's approaching. Mary, Mary, King of the Bush is he. Love, kookaburra, love, kookaburra, your life must be. They're not safe. They're in the garden. Get them in, I'm begging you. In the last six days, three of your children have been stolen. We need to find the source of that power. These, they're kids' pictures. Now get out. Chloe has a power. She's using it to snatch the kids. Get out. If living things can become drawings, then maybe drawings can become living things. I'm coming. I can't. I'm coming. I can't. Chloe. Chloe, I'm coming to hurt you. Ooh. Oh, dear. That voice. Chloe. (laughs) Chloe, yeah. Naughty, naughty girl. Fear her. First broadcast back in June of 2006. And it was written by Matthew Graham, directed by Eurus Lin, 
uh, it stars David Tennant and Billy Piper, along with a sort of half a dozen uh, supporting cast members. The synopsis, the blurb on this one is pretty simple, really. The Doctor and Rose land back in London for the 2012 Olympics, and they end up wandering into a, a seemingly random street or cul-de-sac, whatever, and it turns out that children are being snatched from the area. And it all leads back to this troubled girl who they think is um, uh, doing bad things to the other kids. And it turns out she's been sort of possessed by a a little alien thing that's sort of lost its way a little bit. And it needs company, essentially. And it doesn't have company, so it starts snatching people so that it can have company. Fear her, madam. What, mm. what do you reckon to this series two story? Mm. Um, I think straight away you can see that it was a the low budget one because it's all very contained and there's a lot of it, it. You know, it's all around that estate, housing estate, all in the house. Um, and it does come in for some flack, this one, doesn't it? A lot of people really slay it. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a classic by any means, but... I don't think it's as bad as some people say either. Um, so I watched it again last night. I, I remember liking it on on first, you know, when it went out back in 19, what was it? Oh, sorry, 1999. <laughs> uh, back in 2006. So I remember thinking, I never thought it was great, but I remember thinking, oh, that was all right. Um, watching it again last night, it's okay. It, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's great. It's one of those real middle of the road kind of episodes. I suppose you could say it's a bit filler but i do think it's got a little bit more to it than that i, I do think it's you know the actual idea and the concept of all these drawings coming to life and stuff is is quite interesting so i think it's perhaps a bit harsh to call it filler so I, i'm just going to say it's a bit middle of the road i did find myself getting a bit bored um in the middle there's a lot of hanging around in the kitchen and nothing going on um but I don't think it's as bad as some people make out. I did find it quite watchable, to be honest. Even in the moments when I was sort of a bit bored, I thought, well, it's all right. Um, but that's all I can really say is it's just all right. It's, it's it's not bad. It's not good. And it does have a couple of nice moments in it. But, yeah, it's I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it's just, a, it's just an okay episode, I think. But I know some people absolutely think it's like, oh, it's the worst 10th Doctor story they ever made. And I'm like, no, nah, it's not that bad. It's, it's it's watchable, I think. I think it's watchable. But it ain't great. It's not a classic. It's what do you no think? classic, mate, is it? Yeah. No. Did you find yourself falling to sleep or did you think it was dreadful or did you think it was m- much underrated? What did you think? Um. Yeah, so I, d- I don't want to sound like I'm following the crowd. Mm. But yeah, I can't. It's one of the stories that there's just something about it that just I can't seem to get my I can't get into it. If you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just can't get into the into the story. It, it's kind of got a strange a strange production feel about it. I know what you mean about that. Yeah, yeah it's like it, it, it feels all, low budget, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, it, it kind of feels like the cast know it's low budget as well. Mm. And they're not really giving it their... Because Tenant's obviously good, as usual. It will, although I'm really not a fan of the open-buttoned, no-tie look oh, that yeah. he has in this one. Uh, and Billy Piper's okay, but I just felt like the supporting cast performances were very, very mediocre. Nothing stood out to me at all uh, in this one. And Tenant and and Piper, they're 
they're good, you know, they're good, you know, as they usually are. But it's just one of those things where after I've watched it, I'm just, I, for the, the, the first part of my feeling is I've completely forgotten it already. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing really sort of stands out. And well, I, the, the, the bit that I, I, I was drawn to the most was the, the horror aspect of it. So the bit where Chloe can hear her dad in the wardrobe, mm. you know, that really horrible, sinister voice and just the words that are being used. It's quite, they're quite nasty, aren't they? They are very horrible. nasty. Yeah. So I was yeah. drawn to that because it was just something that sort of made you, sort of your ears prick up and like, Oh, hello, what's going on here? And mm. the second thing was, um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's like instantly forgettable for me. And the, the second thing was, I was just disappointed with, like the lack of lack of performance in the whole mm. thing. It just felt very like, like paint by numbers, this one. It's um, a bit flat. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure. So I know a lot of uh, the, the popular opinion on this one is, yeah, it's, it's not good at all and it's pretty rubbish. And I, I do, I do feel that way, but mm. it, it, there are a couple of little nice little nuggets in there. Some really nice little bits that we'll touch on in a little while, but yeah, it just, I mean, ratings weren't too bad. What was this? Uh, over 7 million. Yeah, I know. Yeah, for it. I mean, this was when Two was like really, you know, Tenant was Tenant's first series, you know, and he was very, very popular, wasn't he back then? Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll come on to a couple of things. So, what did you think to the whole story? Because the the the, the thing was was around possession, I suppose, and denial, yeah. denial and possession. So Chloe's mum, she's like, oh, nothing, you know, even though deep down everything's she knows, fine. <laughs> yeah, something's wrong. Something's clearly wrong. She's mm. like, oh, everything's cool. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then the other thing was Chloe's possessed by something. And at, at first, at face value, you think it's an evil thing. You know, are we going to go down like the cliched horror? Is it like an evil spirit or something like that? But then we find out it's this cute little floaty alien. It's like a flower. Yeah, like a little petal flower thing that's actually quite innocent and and uh the the doctor sort of a couple of times i assume for the viewer's benefit you know drives the point home that this alien thing is the equivalent of a small child you know it doesn't mean Mm. to do these bad things and it's you know it's just being a child it's doing what kids do and stuff and so it turns out to be not like this evil spirit sort of thing that they have to exercise out of the out of chloe it's just a you know, I, I don't know. It, it, there's a couple of themes that we've seen many times before, but it turns out to, again, like the story overall falls just a little bit flat in terms of, of what's going on. So what do you think just like story wise? Cause it turns out it's, yeah, the Olympics are going on and that's. So yeah. yeah I think that, I think that was a, a, a slightly strange thing to do as well, because the danger of them, you know, do, doing an episode set in 2012 with the Olympic games when it's filmed in 2006 you're opening the door to it being inaccurate and dated, and it kind of is because there isn't anything like what the Olympic Games was like. So that was a bit of a strange thing to do um, because it doesn't really well. I suppose he throws the little spaceship into the the you know the thing at the end, but um, yeah. So I think that's a strange choice. I do like the idea of this sort of um, all the drawings coming to life and you know people disappearing. I love all that side of it, but I don't think it's executed very well because even watching it last night, I still wasn't really that clear what was going on. I mean, I know they're snatching the you know all the people because the thing's lonely. I, I get all that, but 
trapping them in drawings. I don't know. It seems like there's lots of good ideas there, but they don't quite connect for me in terms right. of right. sort of the story being fluid and, and stuff like that. So I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe some people totally got it. But I even watched it last night. I still didn't 100% quite understand what was going on and how things were happening. Like, how does the doctor manage to draw the flame? In, you know, I, I don't know. If he can do that, can't, can't he you know, write and tell them what to do. And so I don't know, there were just little things like that that just weren't very clear for me in the story. But, um, but as I said, some nice ideas, all this stuff. I thought the first sort of few, the pre-title sequence, you know, before the music kicks in, when the old granny's going, get, get them inside. Can't you feel it? I thought that was quite good. I thought, oh, this is quite creepy. You know, you got the music and the kid kicks the football and then the, and the kid in the gold disappears. I thought, oh, this is, this is not bad. This is a good little start to the episode. And then the music kicked in and mm-hmm. the TARDIS lands and gets trapped between the two, uh, things either side of it. And there's that nice little comedy moment with the doctor. So, oh, you know, the first sort of five, 10 minutes of it, I thought were quite good. It's just, literally just after the first 10 minutes that it really slows down. Like, you know, when they're talking in the kitchen and and more talking and the story doesn't really progress anywhere. And, um, and I did think, you know, sometimes we say about Matt Smith, you know, even in a low power episode, we'll try and inject some fun into it. I felt Tenon was trying to do that in this episode. And I think he's very good at it actually, but I almost like you said earlier, I almost feel like he read the script and thought this is, a bit subpar so i've got to bring up the you know i've got to put some oomph into this you know he's really trying and there's lots of comedy lines that come out you know from the doctor in this and i think most of them land quite well so i I think Tennant's really trying hard to make this story better than than it is you know in terms of his sort of the banter between him and rose i think those two are sort of work actually surprisingly good in this one you know although all right this is my partner lewis and you know some nice lines between those two and and stuff and the scribble monster and Hmm. yeah there's some nice moments between ten and rose in this i just think it's one of those episodes where normally telling doesn't really have to do that but i felt he was trying quite hard to to make this better than it was and you know and i think in the scenes he's in, he, he actually does that. Yeah. I think does. he's very yeah. good in it, but, uh, but yeah, overall story wise, I think it's got some interesting ideas, but just doesn't quite, they just don't quite connect up for me. Yeah. I read you. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I kind of reach So I think, um, in terms of story, one thing that I feel this falls down a bit on is we have a real lack of a visual monster or a visual alien or something i know we get the nice little mm. floaty thing towards the end yeah but while the, the 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 crux of the story and the midway point is that chloe is possessed by something it would have been nice to have seen a bit more in detail about what was actually possessing her but it, it like the bad mon the bad scary monster of the story which is like the the so chloe's dad who was quite nasty to her from how her mum mm. describes her the the alien i think inside of of chloe whatever it's called um sort of manifests that because that's in chloe's memories mm. so as well as chloe creating because the doctor says something like things being created you know drawings being created from things but then also things being created from drawings so i think that's the whole point where she'd drawn her dad in the wardrobe because it was something that was inside of her. So it was like, there's like a two way street. It's like Mm. the kids are being, you know, disappearing because they're ending up in her drawings, but also her drawings are creating something 
It's like a two-way thing. So I would have liked to have seen that earlier on in the story so that we could have seen, because there's that really great sort of suspenseful horror type moment at, towards the end where Chloe and her mum are trapped inside and Rose is banging on the door and you see the shadow of something walking across oh, the landing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that would have been great to have that sort of halfway or two-thirds of the way through the story and then we got to see what Chloe's dad as this monster figure actually looked like. Hmm. So that would have like elevated the story to a bit more of a suspenseful, you know, more of a, a scary-ish type of story. But it just, again, that's something else that's a great concept, which just falls flat. And, and, yeah. I, and I know that sometimes that can be really effective. If you don't actually see something directly, your mind makes up what it should look like. And that can be scarier in a way. So in, in a way it's okay, but there was just, it, I think the story just lacks any kind of visual stuff you know it's quite psychological but and and again i I keep flipping between yeah that's good and that's bad but in, mm. in a way that can be good but i don't know that the the writer of this story um matthew graham matthew graham when this story came under a lot of flack a lot of people did say that you know this is trash and you know mm. this is a rubbish <laughs> episode and his reply has always been well this is aimed more at kids anyway you know, I'm, I don't care that adults don't like it. I've received loads and loads of really nice letters from children who like the episode and stuff. So mm. this is meant for kids, really. That's who this was aimed at. So you can kind of see things were done in a certain way. But yeah, overall, uh, like you, connecting the dots was not as easy for me at some points. But And I agree with what you're saying because I think they could have done a lot more with it as well. Like I, I agree. I think it, it that when you see the dad shadow coming out at the end it's a pretty scary moment actually because he's like keeps saying i'm going to hurt you which is horrible mm. you know i'm going to hurt you chloe and that's a, a quite a scary moment but i think you could have done so much more with the idea that that matthew and russell came up with you know this because for example that thing could have been set loose yeah and be in the doctor could have had to try and find a way to trap it and all this sort of stuff chloe weber spends the whole time in her bedroom she could have run off and they could have been scenes of the doctor we've got to find her you know there could have been a lot more urgency and drama in this story and it didn't need to be big effects wise they could have just added you know what i mean imagine it so what if chloe run off and she's got her pens you know what i mean but the doctor's got to find her because she's gone crazy and there's loads of stuff they could have done with this that thing from the wardrobe the dad mm -hmm. You didn't even need to see it, but it could have escaped, and you know it's, it's you know it's going wild. There's loads of stuff they could have done because things seem to happen in this story. For so there's a bit of talking, then we need a bit of action, then there's a bit more talking. Well, we need something to happen. There doesn't seem to be any logical reason for things happening in this, other than to oh, we need something to happen now. So, for example, why does she suddenly decide she's got to steal everyone from the stadium? For no reason, she suddenly gets that. But oh, I need to now. I need to take all these people. I know that the thing wants more and more. Then she's suddenly drawing the world on the wall, and she's gonna, you know, make the world disappear. And so it, I don't know. It just seems like that it didn't feel a natural flow of events. You know, like it didn't build to things. Just things happened when there needed to be sort of two minutes of excitement to keep the viewer engaged. You know what I mean? It was just like, they're talking, talking. Oh, hang on a minute. The wardrobe's glowing red. Whoa, a bit of excitement. Shut the wardrobe. Let's go and have a chat in the kitchen now. And, you know, I mean, it just the sort of whole flow of the episode seemed a bit uneven to me, really. But I think there's loads they could have done with this. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, like yeah, I said, with yeah. the thing escaping and there's lots of potential, I think, in this story, but it just wasn't tapped. And I know that 
this replaced um, Stephen Fry was supposed to have written a, an episode, and this that fell through. Mm-hmm. And so this was a bit of a sort of late last minute sort of oh well we need an episode we haven't really got any money for it so you know it was a bit of a last minute replacement so i guess you could sort of um take that into account if you like what i don't understand about that though is if this replaced an episode that stephen fry was meant to be writing you'd assume they'd set aside a good budget for a stephen fry episode yeah. So why was this made on a yeah. shoestring? I don't know. Maybe that money went into another episode when they realised they weren't going to get it in time. I'm sure there's reasons for it. But yeah, this replaced a Stephen Fry story that never, to this day, <laughs> we've never really heard much about, have we? That Other than the fact that he was asked to write one and commissioned or whatever. But we've never heard what that was going to be or anything about that. No, we didn't hear what the no. what the dates were. But No. Yes. No, I read you. It's... um. But uh, plenty of potential, isn't there? Oh, in loads, terms of what yeah. the idea, yeah. Yeah. And there was a point where I thought it was going to go quite dark and, and horror mm. type. So there's a bit where the doctor puts Chloe in a sort of trance, you know. Oh, yeah. And then he starts saying things. I'm I'm addressing now the entity inside Chloe mm. and stuff. And yeah, I did think, wow, this is going to go a little bit sort of exorcist. And it's. It does, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But no, and again, that sort of falls flat, you know. It's, mm. you know, but so. It's kind of disappointing in a few places. I, I certainly see that. Um, but, you know, like many <laughs> Doctor Who stories, it definitely has that spark there. It has that bit of potential that maybe given more time and a little bit more budget to sort of develop the script a bit further, it could have they could have injected some much more suspenseful scenes and got rid of the, um, the quite cliched and happy-go-lucky ending, which is quite nice in a way, but... Um, I still don't know how I feel about it. I didn't at the time, and I still don't know now how I feel about the the ending. It's yeah. very cheesy it is, yeah. with the Doctor picking up the torch and lighting the flame and then talking to you. I just don't know. It's, it's sort of, it does work, I suppose, but I also some sort of cringe a little bit at it. I, I've never quite known how I felt about that that ending yeah. it just seems a little bit like hey is the doctor he's, he's got the tour he would have been mobbed by security he wouldn't have even got by, no. you know, but i don't know but it's just the cheesy side of it really i've never been quite sure where i stand on that bit it, yeah do you know it's um, all right but another feeling that i've got on this story as well is that mm. i feel like this would have been a great sarah jane adventures story i keep i kept thinking i was going to say that, that but yeah. then yeah i did but i didn't say it because I don't want it to sound like Sarah Jane's second, like, oh, yeah, this is good enough for Sarah Jane, but it's not good enough dot two, because that's not what I mean. And I know it's not what you mean, but Mm -hmm. it does have that feel about it of of perhaps not having the Doctor Who budget, more of a sort of Sarah Jane type, you know, a bit more lighthearted, a bit more aimed at kids. It definitely has that feel to it, but I don't mean that in a bad way at all. Um, But, yeah, yeah, I did think that as well. Yeah, I just felt, I, I felt like it sort of halfway through. I I I, rem- I just very vividly thinking this would be a really good because I think Sarah Jane would have been a much better uh, sort of investigator and problem solver in this than the Doctor and it just felt like there wasn't enough substance in there to warrant the Doctor handling this. Yeah, sort and you can imagine sort of Clyde doing the bit at the end with the. You can imagine Clyde running in and grabbing the thing and being all you know, hey, look at me because he's a bit of a lad and he, you can sort of imagine him lighting the torch at the end of being yeah, hey yeah. and all that. Yeah, I, I definitely could see this working as a Sarah Jane story. Um, if they tweaked a few bits, I think it could have been really good actually yes. as, a, as a Sarah Jane. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. Mm-mm. What did you? Uh, there was something I noticed in the in the TARDIS when um, the Doctor and Billy are chatting. 
And a line that at the time I was like, oh, you know, back in 2006 sort of made me sit up. Um, and I'd completely forgotten about it until oh, I watched yeah. it again. So um, the doctor says, oh, I was a dad once. Yes. Yeah. Complete throwaway line. And Rosie's like, what? Um, never. Is That's never picked up on or it's just put in there. And I'm thinking, what's that about? The yeah, dealt. I don't. Th- I, I, could... I was thinking, oh, it could be the doctor's daughter, but no, because that's many, you know, years later. I remember us, you could do timey wimey, but it still doesn't work. So yeah, what's he talking about? What's that about? Do you know what? Yeah, I, I, I could be completely wrong here, mm-hmm. but I don't think that that's ever been. I, I, th- I think in the in series eleven, Jodie Whittaker's doctor touched on her having a family. Didn't she yeah. remember in the woman who fell to earth at the end? Yeah, she touches on that and stuff. But the doctor actually explicitly says in this one, "I was a dad," and it, it like you, mate. I was I completely forgot about that line, and I sort of sat mm. forward. I was like, "Huh? Where what, what, where are they going with this?" But then it's I, I could be wrong, but I don't think they ever ever touch on it. No, I remember all. thinking back in the day, oh, is this you know is this going somewhere because this is just before the series finale the two-parter isn't it um this comes just before that so i was thinking oh like army of ghosts is the next story so i was thinking oh is this leading into something big um but no it's just a throwaway line i can't help but feel that russell might have put that in it seems too too sort of i don't know it doesn't seem it it sort of feels unnatural it feels like a plot thread that russell's like oh we've got to have this in there because it's in the final this is gonna i don't know it just feels like more important than it is um but it's just, yeah, it's just throwaway line, isn't it? That's just shoved in the middle of this episode. And I, it's again, even watching it last night, just made me sit up a bit. I was like, oh, I forgot the doctor said that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm racking my brains. I think, didn't Chris Eccleston say, so in the Eccleston story, um, The Empty Child, mm. he does say, do you remember um, uh, Dr. Constantine, your mate? Yeah, Victor Meldrum. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. does say that, I'm sure he says in conversation to him, actually, that he notes on being a father and a grandfather in the past. Oh, right. Okay. So, mm, uh, so I'm, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, it could again, be right. I could be yeah. wrong, but I'm just, I'm sure that Eccleston's doctor says that to mm. Dr. Constantine in that episode. And then Tennant mentions a very similar thing here. Uh, but then I think it's just dropped from that point because maybe yeah. they were sort of wandering into territory. Like we want to keep the doctor mysterious. We don't want to give away anything of his time mm. on Gallifrey and all that stuff. So I'm not sure, but it definitely made me sit forward though. Like you did and like, what, yeah. what, 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 what? hold on, what hold on. That? Forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. No, it was good. Um, mm. Okay. Let's talk about some characters. Uh, so yeah. the supporting cast we have, uh, there was sort of two people who live on the street or three people, but the main one was the old sort of granny uh, what was her name? Marv? Uh, Mo. Me, me, yeah. Mo. I recognise her from somewhere. From yeah. somewhere, yes, yeah. She's been Probably in Probably soap or something, yeah. yeah. Uh, she was quite good, like the worrying, sort of the, the retired old gran who just spends a lot of her time up and down the street, it seems. You know, her worry came across quite convincingly. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought she was quite good because um, that is the sort of part that can be a bit hammy and you just don't take her seriously but i thought she was actually quite believable in her she looked like she was proper scared so yeah i, I invested in her character in terms of what she was trying to do yeah yes yeah yeah i thought she was good yeah and then we had the guy who was 
the dad out washing his car with the two. He sort of gives the doctor a bit of stick when they first. Oh, turn that's up, right. Yeah, who are you? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, there is quite a good scene actually. Where I was just going to say that. Yeah, when the doctor and Rose are are there and the the council guy who's repairing the potholes in the street, they all sort of in a circle, aren't they? And they start accusing each other, like hands know. on lips. Yeah, the doctor's yeah. Sort of I thought you guys. Up, yeah. I thought you were going to say there's a nice, nice scene where the doctor's just acting weird, but he's sort of doing this thing with his hand, and the tenant just plays it brilliantly. He's like delighted, isn't he? He can feel the, you know what I mean? He's let, he's sort of let, he's on the the dad's lawn, that, and yes, he's just like yeah. feeling the um, atmosphere, and he's just like oh, and the dad's just beyond and going, uh, can I help you? Like what are you doing? Sort of thing. And I, I thought that was a nice scene because Eccleston. Um, Eccleston tenant just plays that sort of wonder brilliant when he's doing that in the doctor it's like oh that alien side of him really comes through yes of like just yeah. loving stuff like that and 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 the outsider just thinking he's a bit weird so and yeah and then yes it does lead into that great scene where he's like hands on lips and that's <laughs> what i mean there's some really nice moments in this because the granny sort of looks at him as if to say oh can i take my my fingers on lips. Can I take my finger away now to tell you? And he's like, "Oh, get yeah, go, go for it." And there's some lovely little moments like that in, in this episode, but just not enough, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, because people don't remember them. I didn't remember them until I was rewatching it, and I was like, "Oh, this is really good. This stuff." Yeah, and uh, Tennant's quite funny in it as well. There's a, it is the, the script yeah. is relatively funny because when um, uh, the the guy's dad. Um, uh, Tom's dad, the, you know, the little child Tom, and then his friend yeah. Dale, who gets who vanishes uh the dad goes over to him you know when he's looking in a little goal uh little football goal in the front garden and he's doing that thing yeah. with his hand and he's like who are you and he turns around and i can't remember exactly what he says but he's like no nah, i shouldn't have said that i don't know you know he's just mm. he sort of lies immediately about who he is but yeah and the, then he's like yeah i don't know why you know he's got that very deadpan sort of humor he's really funny. oh he says that yeah I, I know exactly the bit you mean he's like um Oh, I'm trying to be mysterious or something, but it's not working or something like that, yeah, isn't it? Really yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. It's a nice line. Yeah, yeah. And then he whips the psychic paper out and all that stuff. So that, that whole scene's really, really cool. Yeah. Um. And the way he diffuses and shuts everybody up. Yeah. Hands on lips, and everyone yeah. weirdly just does it, don't they? It's um. Yeah. And the way that Rose does it, it's really funny as well because she's like, I don't have to do this, but I'm going to play along. Sort of. That's right. The way she looks at him. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, the the characters of the the, the Tom's dad and the old granny were. They were quite good, I suppose. For supporting um, cars, they're okay, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Uh, and then we had the guy called Kel, who was the council worker. He pops up a couple of times mm. in the story. Um, <laughs> he does get that great bit, though, doesn't he? I mean, he, uh, yeah, I'm not saying he's like the best actor or anything, but he, is, he does bring a good comedy element to the episode when he's doing, you're taking a council axe out of a council van. And I mean, everyone remembers that bit, don't they? <laughs> And uh, so I do, I do think um, he's quite good in, in that sense. Very yeah. proud of his pothole. Repair, you know, yeah. Says to Rose, yeah. "Look at it. Look how smooth look it is. Look at that. Look yeah, at I know. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look at that. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he wasn't the best of actors. I, you know, well, he might be a great actor, but in in this particular story, his performance wasn't amazing. But no, not too bad. Quite funny in places. He he does bring the humor to it. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do like him in it. But yeah. And then we had uh, Trish. Is it Chloe's mum, Trish? Trish, yeah. Nina and again, Sassania. I recognise her. Yep. Yeah, what's she been in? I've seen her in, I've, as soon as she popped up, I was like, oh, she's been in loads of stuff since this this was on. She has, um, yeah. She's been in loads of loads of things. You, you see how she pops up in sort of smaller roles across lots of different things. But um, yeah. Nina Sasanya. Uh, Sasanya, yeah. She has yeah. got, actually, she has got a role 
um, in the upcoming... Now, there's a really good David Tennant series coming up at the end of March called Good Omens. Oh, oh yeah. Which is a, a, televi- a, a televised version of the Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett book, which is oh. really, really good. Um, who's the guy that Michael... Sheen, you know Michael Sheen? You've heard... Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> him and Michael Sheen... Michael Sheen's an angel and David Tennant plays a demon. And, right. And they, they've been friends in the like secret friends like for thousands of years and now they've they've sort of made their home comfortably in these english villages it's really it's a really funny great book and um and then uh the antichrist has turned up and now armageddon's on the way and then the two of them sort of have to work together to stop the, the, the end of the world because they just love their mm-hmm. sort of plain old English lives and it, it, it <laughs> looks the trailers out on YouTube just do a search for Good Omens TV show it's coming out on Amazon Prime I think at the end okay. of March any anyway sorry that was just a, a you know tenuous link, she's but, in that <laughs> but she's got a part in that and she looks pretty good in there but she has been in um like loads and loads of very well known TV shows and stuff over the years mm. but it's quite small parts. Yeah. I thought she was okay as the mum. I thought she, you know, the, she did look a bit scared of Chloe at times and stuff like that. So I think she was. I think she was trying to underplay it, which is all really good. Um, but maybe that at times, because of the nature of the story, just came across as sort of not giving much oomph to the performance, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I would have liked a bit more from her, but I think she was just trying to sort of underplay it a bit. Um, but I, I think she was fine actually. I mean, she was she was decent in it. She was but, okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we just would have minded seeing a little bit more oomph, um, um, if you like, um, like yeah. most of the cast in this, but yeah. Yeah, she was okay. Mm. Yeah, not too bad. And then what about Chloe herself then? Abisola Abeje, Agbeje, I think I'm saying that right. Um, oh, child actors on who? I don't know, man. I don't think she's the worst we've seen though. I think she was, again, okay. I mean, that's all I can say really. She's just not bad, not good and... I don't think she's not as bad as I thought. I think a lot of people say, "Oh God, she's terrible and she mm-hmm. can't act." And I don't think she was that bad. I think you know, when she's doing all the whole possession thing and stuff, and I, I'm, we have seen worse child actors in, in Doctor Who for sure. Yeah. But I, yeah, I don't think she was too bad. What did you think? Do you think she was bad? No, I don't think she was particularly oh, yeah. dreadful. But I just think it's like a common theme with child actors in Doctor Who. Yeah. It's like the the great performances are few and far between. Mm. Um, but like you said, she's not the worst that we've had. But yeah. at the same time, she was... Uh, and in, act, in actuality, I remembered her being worse than what I, I saw yesterday when I watched this yesterday. Oh, yeah, well, I was the same. You see. I was thinking, yeah. oh, I think she's awful. But then I was watching yesterday thinking, yeah, she isn't that bad. She's, she's, yeah, she's all right. Yeah. Like, like the bit where she's possessed and stuff, she's pretty convincing. Yeah, and I think yeah. my memory of her was worse than what she actually is. Yes, yes. definitely. Yeah. I, I'm exactly the same, actually, yeah. yeah. She wasn't yeah. too bad, I suppose. Mm. Uh, Rose Tyler. I, I thought she was all right in this, actually. It's funny because in the very first scene, she's a bit screech, she's a bit sort of giggly and stuff, and I was like, oh, no, serious <laughs> to Rose. But actually, after that initial scene, she's quite good in it, I think. Um, like which is, as I said earlier, there's some great scenes between her and Tennant, you know, that where they're just sort of larking about. There's none of this sort of lovey dovey stuff. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're just sort. Of, although there is one annoying bit when the Doctor saves her and he's like, so he says something. I don't, I couldn't hear what he said. Something about save your hug or something. He saves her life, so he gives her a hug, and oh dear, that's a bit cringe. But 
that scene aside, I think they work quite well together in this. And she's quite funny in it as well. All the sort of Lewis and um, this is my partner, Lewis, obviously a <laughs> reference to Morse and yeah. my name's Morse. So there's some great scenes between those two. And there's a bit where the doctor says, oh, I need a hand. And she sort of does this cheeky little laugh in the TARDIS and it's very natural performance from her it feels like a genuine laugh and so I think in terms of her performance I, I quite liked her in this one but more than again a bit like Chloe Webber more than I remember certainly more than I was expecting because it's series two rows but yeah. yeah yeah, I thought she was good in it she works really well with Tennant in this one I think mm. yeah. yes there's a there's a really good reason why Russell T Davis if you if anyone's got the original series one box set dvd box set you know the one that's got the the see-through sleeve and then it's the tardis that opens out like that there's a little booklet in there and it's got a a a forward or a section by russell t davis and there's a reason why he puts so much praise and thanks on david Tennant and billy piper because i think without those two and their chemistry not just this one but a few stories would just be as flat as a pancake this is one of them. This is absolutely one of them. And like mm. I said at the beginning, it feels like the cast knew that this wasn't exactly going to set yeah. the world on fire in terms of amazing story or budget and that sort of thing. Mm. But Tennant and and um, and Billy Piper, they just seem to just crack on anyway. It's like, well, we we know we're we're in one street for the entire story, and nothing mm. really is crazy is going on. There's no great big aliens in you know prosthetics running around and all that stuff however we're just gonna you know make the most of it anyway we're just gonna you know have a good laugh and you can see especially those scenes in the TARDIS it's not really the Doctor and and Rose it's David Tennant and Billy Piper just having Mm. a laugh you can see that a mile off you can see that at this point they're very, very good. They had a very good chemistry outside as well, didn't they? They're very good friends. I was so. going to say that scene where she laughs and that does, does seem very natural. It doesn't feel yeah. like a performance. It's, it's as if they've just kept something in from, you know, like an outtake almost. So, yeah, no, I think those two work really, really well together yeah. in, in this particular story, but certainly better than uh, I remembered, yeah. Yeah, and Rose is actually pretty good in this one. I know what you mean by mm. Series 2, Rose. You know, she's all over the Doctor at a certain time. Yeah. It's a bit of that. They they went down that love interest road a little bit from, didn't they? So early on with those two. And mm. there that one scene, I think it's when they give a hug and she's like, we're going to be together forever, you and I. You yeah. know, all that lot. And you can see that the Doctor's a bit apprehensive. He doesn't want to commit, you know, to them being together mm. forever because he knows that, you know, bad things well, actually, again, that brings us to the end, doesn't it? When she's like, yeah, it says that we're going to be together forever. And the doctors have, who's told her she's going to die? Something says, the end is coming or something. Something like Cause, that, yeah. Yeah, because she brings it up and he's like, well, don't worry, they were wrong. Um, but yeah. the ending to this, and I just have to quickly mention this, which then leads into the next time trailer, the finale. What a trailer. Oh, correct. I, yeah. I haven't watched that two-parter for years. Um, but the ending of this story where she's sort of talking about, you know, why did he say I was going to die in battle and doctors like dismissing it, but you can see in Tennant's face that he's a bit worried that then leads into the next time trailer is phenomenal. I was just like, Oh, this really, I hate to say this, but I'm going to, but it really takes you back to the glory days. I watched (laughs) that next time trailer and I just thought, Oh, that it was so good. 
Like, you know, I remember seeing this at the time and just like literally could not wait Mm -hmm. for next week's Doctor Who because of these trailers and what's going to happen to Rose and oh my God, is she going to die? She's on a, you know, she looks like she's dying and and it it was phenomenal actually. Even at the end of this, it still got me going and I know what happened, but it's, it still made me sort of think, ah, man, (laughs) those were the days. It was absolutely superb. Yeah. That next time trailer, it does get you in the mood. Oh, it really does. It really did. Honestly, it's a brilliant trailer. And I, you even see, because you see the Cybermen quite a bit, so you knew they were in it, but I don't think you knew at the time the Daleks were coming back. But you do actually see someone getting shot with a Dalek gun, and I'm thinking yeah. that would never be left in under Chibber's watch. You you wouldn't even see the Cybermen, would you? Oh, no, you know? no. You know, but it's a, it's a brilliant, yeah, it's a superb lead-up to the, you know, that trailer. Yeah. Mm. No, it's great. Yeah, so I like... Um... I like Rose in this one. She does have a couple of good scenes and I love her chemistry, even though she can be a little sort of edging on the flirty side with the doctor still and stuff. It's still, yeah, yeah. still good. And then David Tennant, we've mentioned he's just, he's, I like the, how you described it earlier that some episodes of the Matt Smith era, you can tell that Matt's kind of working his sock, earning his wages that week and really trying to bring the story you know, bring it home, even though they probably know themselves that this is not the strongest script they're going to do this series yeah, or, or further on. But it's like, um, you know, Tennant kind of feels the same, you know, he's, he's, uh, he knows that it's not amazing, but he's still sort of bringing the bacon. I, I thought he was really good on it. And the best way I can describe it really is, um, is there's not much meat on the bones for him, but he really makes the most of what he's, he's given in this, yeah. I think, because yeah. there really isn't a lot, for him to work with in terms of shine, really sort of shining as the doctor and stuff. But I think he, he really does. Um, he delivers the humor in this really, really well. There's some really nice lines. He's good. He's always good when he's got a turn from comedy to serious. He always does that well. And, um, whereas if you'd have asked me before, you know, is, is this a good 10th dot story? I would have said, well, no, Tennant's a bit under par in it. That would have probably been what I'd have said. Rewatching it again last night, he's very much not under par in it. Yeah, it's not the not a great story, but he's very much still sort of, he's still very much giving a, a good performance. I was going to say delightful, but that makes it sound a bit wishy-washy, but it is delightful. Like the bit with his hands and he's sort of loving what's going on and all the investigation and all the humor. He is really delightful in it. I was going to, the reason I said that is because I was going to say firing on all cylinders. No, maybe not, but it is a nice performance from Tennant and they're certainly not under par. Like I perhaps thought it was in my memory. Yes. Yeah. Same for me, mate. Yeah. It's, um, and I think his performance is completely intentional as well. Mm. When I've spoken to to people about this episode in the past, they've said, "Oh, David Tennant's a bit underwhelming, or he's, you know, he's not quite as we remember him in some other mm. episodes." But I think that's on his part, anyway. I think he's playing this exactly how he wants to play it. You know, the, yeah, it's intentional. Yeah. yeah. Um, just before we wrap up, I'll just quickly ask you two things. I want to ask you what you thought of a the direction by Euros Lynn because that name pops up quite a lot, mm-hmm. and B, what did you think of Murray's music in this one? Uh, I think the direction was um, sort of middle of the road mm. for me. There wasn't anything crazy going on. It was quite standard, I would say. Uh, well, yeah. quite static in quite a few places. Nothing, static, yeah. Yeah, nothing crazy going on. And in terms of music, I can't really remember the music. I think it was just, I think it was okay. From what I, I just, There was just nothing, mm. me, no memorable theme in the. I, I felt like at times, 
it sounded like Murray had pressed play and walked out the room. Right. Um, right. Because there were scenes where there's sort of talking and it's just this sort of jingly jangly plodding music. That's, and I just thought, yeah, Murray's not really, uh, you know, like Sagan, we said he sort of has clearly watched the episode and really seems to sit his music to underline the, the dialogue yeah. with Murray. I do feel like it's just, it could be that music, like the music that's playing when they're just chatting could be anywhere. It could be, it sounds like it's from new tricks. You know what I mean? It's just ding, ding, <laughs> ding, ding. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. like a, it's just a generic sort of plodding along piece of music. And it didn't do anything to sort of um, under, underscore the dialogue. Like when the mum's talking to Chloe on the bed, she's sort of trying to have a heart to heart and near the beginning. It's quite a sort of, you know, quite an important scene for those two but the music just doesn't go with it at all mm. really it just sort of jingle jangles in the background all oh, conversation music but no it's a serious conversation <laughs> so Murray's music didn't really do it for me apart from the end when the dad comes out of the you see the shadow and he ramps up the horror and it, that is when he sort of seems to have come back in the room and gone oh yeah we need some dramatic music now because the dad's coming out of the water so then he's back in the room doing what he does but yeah, I just thought for the most part, I just seemed to be just sort of plodding along, really. Yeah. So I wasn't blown away by it. Same with direction. Uh, I thought it was very standard. It just, like you said, you know, this shadow at the window, and it's just, that could have been really creepy. You could have sort of zoomed in on it or done something, but no, it's just a static shot of her at the window and sort of thing. And so things like that, yeah, it just felt a little bit, a bit flat. Again, yeah. these sort of things could have, I think, just if they'd have been tightened up a bit, could have made it a, sl- a slightly better episode, really. Yeah, I agree, mate. Yeah, that, yeah, I'm glad you said that because when you said, what did I think of the music? I was thinking, oh crap, have I missed some amazing... No, no, you didn't. No, moment. very no. much not. No, yeah. uh, No, I haven't got anything else, mate. Um, there was one thing. What was it? Yeah, so um, did, what did you think to the working titles? Would they have been better than this? Because the, <laughs> the two of them was Chloe Webber destroys the earth. <laughs> <laughs> very descriptive. And the second one was you're a bad girl, Chloe Webber. Definitely not the second one. Definitely not the second one. What no, about I, Chloe Webber destroys the earth? I think that's a bit OTT, really. It is OTT. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like it because it's OTT, but no, I wouldn't have used it. Definitely not. I mean, Fear Her. Yeah, it kind of works, actually. Fear Her. It, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they, they went with the right choice, definitely. <laughs> yes, I think so. Um, yeah, so overall, mate, nothing else to say. I do quite like the... The con- I just wish they'd explored the possession part of it a bit more before they mm. revealed the whole, you know, the what they called the little things, the uh, the isolus, those little flowery alien things. Yeah, you know, quite a nice little thing, but more suited for Sarah Jane for me. Mm. And yeah. they could have done a lot more suspense and action. Like Chloe could have escaped. They could have had to try and get the rocket ship at the exact moment. But Chloe's running around. There's so much more they could have done, but yeah, but they didn't. <laughs> Okie dokie scores. It's you to go first, buddy. What you say? Yeah, it's quite an easy one for me. It's a very, very middle of the road story. Um, and so I'm just giving it a five. A five? Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's awful. I, I could certainly just put it on and watch it, but wouldn't I wouldn't reach for it. No, no, I read you. So five uh, out of ten. Five out of ten. Uh, I'm going to give it a 5.5. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, just because I think there's, um, I, I just really like the Doctor and and Rose in this one together. I think their chemistry is really, really good. Um, mm. But no more than that. I think the, it's just a par for the course. I think with Doctor Who sometimes the potential is there for sure. Like I can imagine like the writer's room and all those guys sitting around talking about it. The ideas probably sounds amazing, but mm. you know, weeks or months later when budgets decided and all that stuff, it translates into 
yeah, we can't do all that stuff we spoke about, so we're going to have to chop it and do all that. So the potential mm. was there. It just feels a bit, yeah, a bit flat. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what did our great listeners think, though? Our, our regular audio reviewer, Sammy Satine from Down Under, had this to say. G'day, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satine here. So fear her. It's kind of dated now that the 2012 Olympics are in the past. Still don't know why they couldn't get David in his doctor's costume to carry the torch into the stadium or something. I don't mind the story. Yes, it has holes, but it's watchable. I think I feel a bit sorry for poor Chloe and her mum. Chloe's dad doesn't sound very nice. I think the story needed a bit more fleshing out, but overall, I like it. I give it seven scribble creatures out of ten. See ya. Seven. The scribble creature. Yeah, cheers, Sammy. Be cool. Shane never made one of those as a toy. Imagine yes. having that on your desk. <laughs> uh, the effect wasn't that amazing either when he rubs out the... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, money, 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 money. Money. Uh, over on Twitter, our writer Jordan Shortman said, uh, terrible. Uh, the script oh. is bland. There's bad acting from everyone involved. And it's obvious this is just a filler episode before the climax at the Canary Wharf. Uh, mm. Tennant and Piper looked bored throughout. That's the terrible scribble monster... And Chloe Weber is awful. Not a favourite. Oh dear. Oh dear, uh, John. Charlotte Stinson says, I found it quite boring. The scribble creature they used was pointless. The one thing I did enjoy is how Rose gets to solve everything without the Doctor. Uh, it just felt like filler before the finale, in my opinion. A four out of ten. Mm. Uh, Jake, Sir Jake B says, I think I'm the only person on the planet who doesn't actually mind this episode. It's not great by any means. And some of the acting is questionable, but I think it's all right. A five out of ten. TARDIS, Five, same thing. Yeah, TARDIS Files HQ, by far the weakest of Series 2. It's a nice idea, I guess, but it just screams filler. The cliffhanger leading onto Army of Ghosts, though, is really nice. Uh, the story itself, though, not so much a 3 out of 10. Mm. Uh, our good friend Neil, Brighton Moon, says, A rare beast in it. It's a really weak tenant-era story. I think it's uh, seen... Uh, I think I've seen it once and have no desire to watch it again. Uh, Tennant oh. does his best to bring it up but the story really isn't very good the main child actor really struggles and honestly becomes annoying uh, 4 out of 10 mm. uh, Edward Gillooly one of the worst episodes of whoever oh uh, no I don't cheap, know about that yeah it's a cheap filler episode made when the budget had run out uh, the squibble monster is terrible thankfully the 2012 Olympics were better than portrayed in this easily Tennant's worst story a 2 out of 10 2 wow uh, the Who Society. I'll admit this story is way too overhated. It's got nice concepts and Rose and Ten work really well. It's so obvious that they, this was aimed at the younger audience. Uh, I do feel it just tones everything down before the dark finale, but the child acting and the Olympics isn't the best. A six out of ten. Six, okay. Uh, <laughs> there's a Twitter account A Twitter account called the Fear Her Appreciation Society. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they say, best episode of Doctor Who ever. Uh, not so, sure not uh, sure on that one but I admire your uh, society being set up and run for this particular episode very very cool mm. uh, Cecilia Brown while at times this episode made me cringe I wouldn't say it was overall a bad thing I enjoyed this episode definitely has its moments that made me smile uh, and that's worth a lot to me not the best episode but I give it a C plus type of grade maybe a B minus if I'm mm. generous thank you very much uh, let's rattle through a few more of these. Uh, Owen Daly, Fear Hell, was my very first proper story. I remember watching mm. it on BBC Three uh, 10 years ago last month. Uh, oh. It's not a great story, but I just fall in love with it due to my connection. The wardrobe monster still creeps me out, and the ideas are good, mm. but a little shabby on screen. 
Yeah. Ah, so your very first episode. Interesting. It is, yeah. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Genesis of Androzani says, uh, it's crazy how similar this is to the Idiot's Lantern. Both set in a street, both low-budget fillers, both take you onto a surface, e.g. TV or drawing, and both are pretty darn bad. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's the Toys R Us version of the Idiot's Lantern. Uh, objectively terrible, still has enjoyable moments, a four out of ten. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, over on Facebook, Chloe Anderson. I really like this episode. An easy watch, fairly good story. And it's not too often my name is used for a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven out of ten. Seven. Dan nice. Pin. Uh, I think the concept of a child's drawing coming to life is really good, but it's a real filler episode, though. Hate the cheesy London 2012 ending with the Dr. Lightning Olympic torch. Two out of ten. Uh, Callum Shepley. Quite an underrated episode with an interesting Ooh. concept. Has a strange side cast in a good way. Uh, it's just a bit of a silly story, but lots of fun. Five out of ten. Patrick Bugard, uh, good lord, this was a struggle. I paused it twice to go and get stuff around the house because I feel like it was just dropping in and out of the story. I never noticed the Dalek gun in the next time snippet. No, me either, no. Not till last night. Uh, the Olympic Games felt like a tedious plug used to try and build excitement or something that was nothing to do with Doctor Who. <laughs> mm. I'm not the biggest fan of New Who, but this one was really appalling. Filler, a one out of ten. A one? Yeah, Charlie Turner, the worst episode of Series 2, hands down, a 3 out of 10. Miles McKenzie, the concept sounds great on paper, but this was pulled off horribly for me, a 2 out of 10. Lawrence Baxter, I like the episode. I think it's an easy watch with some big moments thrown in, like the Doctor saying he used to be a dad. Uh, It's strange to see an episode from 2006, set in 2012 today, but it holds up really well. The Doctor running with the flame is a bit much, though. And... Mm. uh, lastly Martin Arnold said haven't watched season two in a long time should be good I'm not sure if you still feel that way about (laughs) watching it Martin but uh, yes so thank you very much guys for putting your thoughts over I think it's a sort of unanimous poor episode amongst fandom which we knew already but um, I think yeah if you haven't seen it in a long time like we haven't I haven't I can't even remember the last time I watched it before yesterday um, if you haven't watched it in a long time, normally we say, give it a watch. There's loads of cool stuff. I probably wouldn't say that about this one. It, it, there's not too much in here to sort of change your mind on it, so to speak, but mm. it's not the worst episode, I would say. No, I wouldn't put it in the worst category. I can think of ones that I really wouldn't want to watch again. If this was on the TV, I'd, I wouldn't switch it off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so thanks again. And next week, we're travelling over to the Sarah Jane Adventures. What have we got Yay. next week, dude? Yeah, so now, how do we pronounce this? The Mark of the Berserker, is it? That's it. Berser- yeah. Berser- Berserker. Yeah. The Mark of the Berserker, yeah. Yeah. Yes. No idea what that's about. Never seen it before. Can't wait. Love Sarah Jane. Yes, uh, I'm really loving it. I was saying to somebody at Comic-Con at the weekend that... Um, from this point on, every episode of Sarah Jane I've not seen. So this is all mm-hmm. new and fresh to me. So it's amazing watching these all. Because it's funny because everyone's like, what? You've never seen any of these before? I know. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. It's all fresh. So they're like, oh, you've got some some great times ahead. So I'm really looking forward to um to some Sarah Jane next week. So um Yeah, me too. The Mark of the Berserker. Get your DVDs out. Get that watched. Oh, Blu-ray. Is this series on Blu-ray of Sarah Jane? Mm, no. Not, no. Okay. Not this one. No, only from series five i think or four uh, yeah. right yeah yeah uh but yeah sarah jane next week and i think we're going to wrap there mate for 222 all righty
Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to episode 222. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, very barren on the news front. Really not much to say, really, in the world of Doctor Who. But some cool merch items trickling through, which is nice. Really excited for the Robert Harrop statues. Mmm, indeed. They look very, 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 very good. Uh, next week, as we said, Sarah Jane Adventures, The Mark of the Berserker. Get that watched, because as usual, we'll be asking for your thoughts and opinions on that. So you can uh, send them over on whatever channel you like. There's a post that goes out every Monday on social media. So uh, reply on there or send us an audio clip up to a minute max. We love playing those out. That'd be good. In the meantime, head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our previous shows on there. uh, And there are buttons to link off to the various podcast networks. uh, If you want to give us a sub so you can listen to it every Friday morning when it will land in your queue. And there's also buttons there to link off to the various social networks. Give us a like and a follow over there. We chat plenty of Doctor Who during the week. So get involved and we'll have a chat on there. Check out my co-host's YouTube channel, The Geeks, the Geeks Handbag. Handbag. Yeah, Loads of cool videos over on Adam's channel. Just do a search for The Geeks Handbag. Give him a sub, give him a like on his videos. Loads and loads of really cool stuff. And Adam is also on all of the various social networks under the same name. Just do a search for The Geeks Handbag. Come and get involved during the week. Chat lots of nonsense about Doctor Who and all sorts. It's all <laughs> Certainly good. do. Yeah. We will see you next week for episode 223. Until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember. Uh... Hey.